0: Today, Pastor Javon continues sharing in the series, Fear Not. A walk should be one that chooses faith over fear, but certain fears are often hard to overcome. Today, we look at how we can still have faith, even through our fear of failure. Take a moment and pause and pray, preparing your heart for today's service. All right, so let's jump into the second part of the series that we started uh, last week. It's called Fear Not. Fear Not. We say that the message of Christmas, the message uh, that was reiterated over and over around the time of Christ's birth, which is Christmas, what we celebrate, was a message of fear not, do not be afraid. We saw where an angel appeared to Zachariah, an angel appeared to Joseph, an angel appeared to Mary, and an angel appeared to the shepherds. And every time that that angel appeared to them, he would lead with this phrase, do not be afraid or fear not. Because we don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid. And the passage that we're kind of centralizing everything on uh, throughout these three weeks is a passage from Luke chapter 2 when he appeared to the angels, uh, or when the angel appeared to the shepherds. In Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, it says this. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not. He said, I bring you good news. Good news that will bring great joy to all people. And then he goes on to say that in the city of David today is Savior, Christ the Lord has been born. So the message of this series, this, these, these three weeks is for you to say, fear not, don't be afraid. Don't let fear come into your life, but stand on faith in God, because the good news that comes with God brings great joy. See fear. We said last week, fear is what some would say, you know, it, it, it is opposite of faith, but fear is really faith in the wrong things. It's when we put more faith in the worst case scenario. It's when we put faith in things going, more faith in things going wrong than we do in God's purposes prevailing in our life. So we want to have the faith that stands. And and so last week we said we don't have to fear uncertainty. We don't have to fear the unknown. Because we have a faith that is in the one who is the beginning and the end. A faith in the one who is the first and the last. So whatever's in the middle of that, that looks uncertain and looks unknown, we know the one that started the story and is gonna end the story. So we can have faith in him in the middle of all of it, in the middle of what looks like a mess, in the middle of the uncertainty. This season should always remind us that God has a plan, that his purposes will prevail, right? And we can be a part of those purposes. We get to be a part of those purposes, purposes that are for our good and his glory. Amen. Today, we, I want us to look at the, a fear, another fear that conflicts with our faith, and that is a fear of failure. A fear that's in our life where we just don't have enough to give, or I don't have anything to give. A fear that says we're inadequate, that we can't add up. This fear of failure. I, I love uh, sports, I think most of you probably know that. And just, and there, I heard a rumor this morning, actually, on the way in here. Um, someone said that they were told that I was the coach of the JV girls soccer team at Lugolf Elgin High School. just want to put that, that rumor to hush, all right? That is not true in any way. If any, you hear anybody saying that, that's not true. Now, you know, I have coached 10U soccer in our county. And, uh, you know, we've gone undefeated, you know, uh, except for the county championship three times. I just cannot win the stinking county championship, but Hey, I feel like we got a great 10 U soccer team. I am not a JV soccer girls coach. All right. So just put that rumor to hush. Okay. So, so I, uh, but I do, I love sports because one thing about sports is it will, it will help us to overcome a fear of failure. All right. Because you, you, you have this fear that can then live in you with one such sport is baseball. Right? And, and there's, uh, there is a club that is, uh, that's in the majors that I think only about 30 people have reached, that, if I'm correct. It's called the 3,000 Hit Club. 30 different people have reached 3,000 hits in their career in the majors. If I'm not mistaken, the fastest to do it in my lifetime, and one of the fastest to do it, period, was this man right here, Tony Gwynn. He played for the Padres. Now, the game that he did this in, get this the game that he got his 3,000th hit in, he also got his 5,113th out. So, now in that game, he went four for five, which is phenomenal. But, 5,113 outs. Now, if you look at the numbers and, and based on how many games were in seasons in time that he played, and if you average four at-bats a game, they say that he, if, if all those outs were consecutive, he would have played eight seasons, 1,278 games, and never getting a hit. If you put all those outs in consecutive order. But here's the thing for Tony Gwynn, a phenomenal baseball player and batter. He could not go up to the plate every at bat and let the fear of failure take place in his mind and hold a place in his mind. Because if all he did was think about the out, the at bat before, he would have never got that next hit that led toward the 3000th hit in his career. He had to have confidence every time he went to the plate. And we have to be the same way in our life with everything that we do and spiritually with everything in our life. Because if we let failure have a place in us mentally, it will never take that step of faith that God wants us to take. Because the fear of failure, it will keep us from taking that step of faith. If we do take a step of faith, we've always got this little nagging voice in the back of our mind saying, it's not gonna happen. You're you're not gonna be able to do anything. You you don't have enough to give. Why why are you even doing this? Nobody's gonna, people's gonna laugh at what you're doing. You, You know, and if something does happen, then you'll just shrink back and you'll never step out in faith again. The fear of failure will haunt you. There's a, a very good friend of mine. Um, his name's Darren Heilman. There's a quote that he always said, and I, I love this statement. He said, Failure is not final unless we fail to finalize our failure. And and maybe you understand what he's saying. See, if we live in the mentality of the failure, then then that's all we're going to live in. But we have to finalize that. We have to move away from it. We say, no, no, no. I'm not a failure. That was a moment that didn't go great. And maybe I failed in that moment or maybe the circumstances around me failed in that moment, but I'm not a failure. So I'm going to finalize that moment and I'm going to move on to the next one. And I'm not going to let the fear of failure or the fear of not being good enough or the fear of inadequacy keep me from stepping forward in the faith that God wants me to step forward in. So again, I want us to look just real quick this morning at some, uh, some more from this line, this lineage, this genealogy of Jesus to see how they shaped moving forward to this story of the birth of Christ. And, and let's just start with first and foremost with, with Jesus's earthly mother or, or yeah, earthly mother. And that's Mary. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter one and let's just look at this conversation that Mary had with the angel when she was told that she was going to have Jesus. Luke chapter one, it starts in verse 26. It says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and we're gonna come back to Elizabeth's pregnancy in just a moment. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Wait. <laughs> that is funny to me. And there's some thoughts in my head right now that I'm not, going to, I'm not even going to say. That this woman is wondering what could he mean by what he just said. But anyway. Y'all, that's funny. Come on. <laughs> my wife, she's okay. She's all right. All right. That's funny. All right. He said, Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary asked the angel, Great question. How can this happen? I am a virgin. And then the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the son of God. What more your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. Well, that just sounds harsh. People used to say she was, what? Barren. Hold on to that. We're going to come back to that in just a second. But she has conceived a son And is now in her sixth month. For nothing everybody say nothing is impossible with God. Now some translations will read it this way for the word of God will never what? Fail. Fail. You might say, Well, that's two totally different sentences. But they really go together, and I'm going to point that out here in just a second. He said, And then Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So let's think about this, this statement, these two statements here real quick. God's word will never, what? Fail. So we don't have to fear failure if our faith is in what God has spoken to us, right? Because God's word will never Fail. fail. And if God speaks it, then that means nothing is impossible because God spoke it. And if God spoke it, it's not going to fail. So nothing is impossible. Now that does mean that anything is capable for God if he chooses to speak it into existence. But I also want us to think about it this way. That literally nothing, literally nothing is impossible for God. In other words, anything in the hands of God is something. It doesn't matter what you bring. You may think in your mind, well, I'm not really bringing anything. It's something. If it's for God, and it's a step of faith for God and you're being obedient in God, God can take that and make something out of it. Something amazing, something incredible. Because think about it. In the beginning, the word tells us, Moses wrote these words. He said, in the beginning, God's spirit hovered over a voidless, empty space. And with just his what? Words. As the psalmist said, the breath from his mouth Spoke something into existence. What looked like nothing, God saw something that science would be exploring for hundreds and thousands of years and still can't figure out. That's why we worship him with wonder. And in this situation with Mary, God, the angel says that his spirit is going to hover over your voidless, empty womb where nothing has been done to create life, God's word is going to breathe life into you. And, it's, and you're going to give birth to a life that will be the ultimate source of life for all of humanity. Nothing is impossible with God. His word will never fail. Nothing. So, if that thought is in your mind or that talk is in your mouth, I want to encourage you to take that out today. Don't let that be. This is this. This is not just self-help language. Okay, this is biblical thought. Don't say about yourself, "I have nothing to give." Don't say about yourself, "I can't do nothing." I realize that's not good grammar. I'm sorry, baby, but it works for the message. But but. Don't say I can't do nothing. Because if you take a step in faith with God, you can. God can do something in you. Something amazing anywhere you let him use you to do something amazing with. Nothing is impossible for God. His word never fails. Let's go back even further in the genealogy real quick. And let's think about, Luke goes back all the way to Noah. You remember Noah? You know the story of Noah? I know some of you have been to Kentucky to see what they've built there as a replica of the ark. Noah, Noah's story goes that, that God called Noah to build this huge, massive ark. Because a flood was going to come. And it was going to wipe out the earth. And, and God was basically starting over. And so, so Noah goes through and he, he follows the instructions that God gives him and he builds an ark. But Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that it was by faith that Noah built. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. And it tells us that he obeyed God when God warned about things that had never happened before. In other words, Noah had nothing To base what he was doing on. All he could do was step out in faith for what God had called him to do. We don't know what Noah knew about rain at that time. We don't know what Noah. But obviously something was about to take place. That he had never seen before. So he had nothing to go on. But God used him to do something. To set up the rest of the course of history. I mean we talked about Abraham last week. Well Abraham was married to Sarah. Scripture tells us that Sarah was barren. Barren meaning that she had nothing in her that could produce. She could not produce a child. And in their old age, scripture says, I don't know why it likes to keep pointing that out. I think it's to say to to us that it don't age don't matter. God can still use us. So, so in their old age, Scripture says, God sent an angel and told them, you're going to have a child. And Scripture tells us that they laughed at that. And Sarah laughed, almost in a scoffing way, like, "What? who do you, what? But when they stopped trying to make things happen on their own, And then they just trusted God. They did birth a baby. And Sarah found out that what she thought she had nothing to provide, God produced something through her. And God taught her how, what genuine laughter was. A laughter of joy in God and and, in the faith that we have in God. And so she named her child Isaac, which means laughter. Laughter. And it was from Isaac that the lineage would keep going until we got to Joseph and Mary and Jesus. Now, let's step outside of that lineage for just a second and go back to Zechariah and Elizabeth. What the scripture tells us, tells us that Elizabeth was also barren. Meaning she had nothing in her that could produce a child. And they served faithfully, the scripture tells us, for years. Zechariah was a priest. He was from the line of the priest. And he served in the temple faithfully. He was actually in the temple doing his duties at that time when the angel came to him and told him that they were going to have a child. And he couldn't believe this because they were old. And he questioned the angel on it. Now the angel sealed his mouth shut and he couldn't talk anymore. Now, I think, I think there's really the reason why I don't know specifically, but, you know, you kind of have assumptions why that happened. Mary had a really good question. You know, how is God going to perform this miraculous thing? Just because they were old didn't mean they couldn't have a child. And if maybe if Zechariah would have said Elizabeth is barren, but Zechariah was questioning their age, not her barrenness. So I don't know, but for some reason, Zachariah had to quit talking. But God showed them that just, if you just stay faithful, even if you think nothing is happening, God's going to move and do something. If you just keep walking in faith and you just keep moving with him. And then we come to Mary, someone with no experience. No understanding, no knowledge, no perception, nothing, a virgin. But it's not about our understanding. It's not about our experience. It's not about our knowledge. It's just about our willingness to trust and let God work through us by stepping out in faith believing that he can move. See, all of these individuals had to choose to have faith despite human reasoning, despite what looked like a setup for them to fail, despite what other people would say about them. And let's just put it in neutral there for a second and think about that, about what other people think about them. Because so many times we we let this fear of, of what other people think. If we live in a constant mindset of living up to what everyone thinks about us, we are going to live in a constant place of failure. Because failure is inevitable if you're constantly trying to please everyone. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't love people and we don't try to be nice to people and we don't try to look out for people. But what it does mean is that the, that the opinion of people cannot be greater than the opinion of God and what God has called us to do. See, you, what, what people must have said about Noah when he was building this art? What people must have said about Abraham and Sarah in their old age having a child? What people must have said about Zechariah and Elizabeth? In fact, what people did say when they wanted to name him John. Every, people's got an opinion. Everybody's got one. And they want to name their child John. And everybody's piping out. Why are you going to name him John? That don't make no sense. You ain't got nobody in your family with the name John. Why are you bringing out John's name? And Everybody's got an opinion about what they're naming their child. This is their child, first of all. But then all of a sudden, Zachariah can speak. And he said, Elizabeth said, we're naming the baby John. We're naming the baby John. And then he speaks a powerful prophecy over. Why? Because he wasn't worried about their opinions. He was only worried about following God and being faithful to him. What people must have said about Mary and Joseph. We need to know this today. Becoming obsessed with what people think about us is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about us. But the flip side of that is true too. Becoming obsessed with what God thinks about us is the quickest way to forget about what people think about us. So just follow God and be faithful to him. Be faithful to his word because his word never fails. And if he speaks it, then nothing is impossible. So be faithful to him and follow him. But a few quick things as we close that we get from these stories about faith. One of the first things that we get is that faith does not storm proof your life. Noah still had to face the flood. Right? But he still stepped out in faith. Jesus, when he was on this earth, he taught, he said, the wise man builds his house upon a rock. Maybe you remember, if you grew up in church, I'm sure you remember that. Because there was that song about building upon the rock and building upon sand and storm. And what what comes? When the storms come down. So Jesus said, he didn't, he basically said, storms are going to come. But what allows you to stand in the storms when your faith is in something solid, when your faith is in something that will not fail. When your faith is in someone who is full of possibilities. So faith does not storm proof your life, but faith strengthens you in the middle of the storm. Another thing about faith that we get out of this is, is that, is that, um, is that in faith, faith, trusts the timing trust God's timing Mary again was young she could say I have no experience but but age again has nothing to do with whether or not God can use you God can use you if you're young or like we see with Mary uh, with Zechariah and Elizabeth and Abraham and Sarah God can use you when you're old right so we trust God's timing And another thing about the time, we we would love for it to be like Mary, where it happens when we're young and we're quick and it's good. But especially in today, we live in such a time frame and a culture of got to have it right now. That we feel like if something doesn't happen right away, then we must have failed. Or something has failed. But we need to have a faith that stands in the long term. Now, think about the, the, the story of Joshua and, and Jericho, which interestingly has a, a lady mentioned that's in the lineage and the genealogy of Jesus that we're going to look at next week. But in that whole story, you know, we know the thing that they, they walked around the wall, but we get to the part about the shout, and we get excited about the shout because the shout brings the walls down. But listen, the shout and the walls coming down doesn't happen if they didn't walk first. They had to walk by faith, not by fear, for a long time before their shout would bring God's promises to place. We've got to have a willingness to just walk. And again, this is one of those scenarios where they were told to be quiet. And sometimes that might just be some of the best advice for us in our life. Just stop talking because God's word doesn't fail, but your words are full of failure. So just stop talking and walk. Be faithful and trust God's timing because faith trusts God's timing. Faith also trusts the instructions that you have. You know, Noah was given instructions on what to build. Think about Mary and Joseph. They weren't told much. They were just told, you're going to have the son of God. You are favored. And you're going to birth the son of God. Have fun with that. And then the angel just leaves. What's going on in their mind as young parents? No experience with anything. How do we raise Not just a child. How do we raise the son of God? (laughs) Thank you, God, for not choosing me for that one. He knew what he was doing there. I mean, what, what, what goes into that? But you just trust. What does scripture tell us they did? Joseph did what the Lord commanded him to do. And he took the first step and he took Mary to be his wife. Scripture tells us that Mary said, let it be unto me, just as you have what said, just as you have spoken, because I can trust and have faith. I don't know what's going to happen from this day forward, but I know that your, your word doesn't fail. So if you've said it, it's not going to fail. And everything going forward is going to be possible in you. You're going to make it all happen. So faith, trust the instructions that you have. And faith is revealed in your life and your willingness to act. Your faith is revealed in your willingness to act. Listen, faith doesn't necessarily mean that God's gonna do all the work for you. You may be sitting back in fear, afraid to step out and do something because you're afraid you're gonna mess it up. And you're saying to yourself, well, if God wants this to happen, then God will make it happen. God may be waiting on you, Take that step. And here's the thing. Scripture tells us that God's purposes will prevail. And sadly, if we don't ever take that step, God may move on to someone who will. And we miss the opportunity to be a part of what God wants to do. So we have to have a faith that's revealed in our willingness to act. Extraordinary acts of God often begin with ordinary acts of obedience. If we will just be obedient and not be worried about, well, if I do this, I'm going to mess it up. I'm I'm, I'm not adequate enough to do this. I don't have enough to bring to that. But if you just step out with one small act of obedience, you never know what God can do through you and through that act. Let's let's just think about it, just really practically and very simply. You know, maybe we're afraid to invite someone to come to church or to come to our Christmas services or anything like that, because I'm afraid I'm not going to say the right things. They're going to ask me a question, I'm not going to be able to answer it. You know, so we're afraid to even step out. But you never know if you if God has placed someone on your heart, and maybe it's not even just to invite them. Maybe it's just to talk to them about the fact that you have a faith in God. If, if you, if God has placed someone on your heart and if you are obedient, take one small step of faith and just either invite or say one little thing, you never know what that one statement, that one invite could do to change the course of their life, to change the course of their family, to change the course of generations to come. Some of us won't serve because we say, well, I don't have, again, we go back, I, don't, I can't do nothing. I have nothing to give to that. I, I don't have an, a gift. I don't, we all have a gift. God has created us with something. And if we just take that simple act of faith to step out and say, well, I'm going to serve, I'm going to do this. You never know what that obedience to just step out and to serve and to do what God can do from that. One single act of obedience. One single act of obedience can set into motion an extraordinary act of God in your life and in someone else's life. So don't let the fear of failure stop you from stepping out in faith from God. Don't let the fear of thinking that you have nothing to bring keep you from being faithful with God. Fear not failure, failure. fear not inadequacy, but walk in faith, believing that God's word doesn't fail. And if you are faithful to him, he can fill your life with possibilities through him for someone's life. And he can do something amazing through you and in you. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful today for your word. We are grateful for you. Father, I am so thankful that all throughout your word are evidences of people just being willing to be obedient, not knowing everything involved, but just trusting your word and what you've called them to do. God, we know we're not perfect. And even when we look in Hebrews chapter 11, Father, we keep going. We see that the author says that there are so many acts of faith that people did that they never got to see the fulfillment of the birth of Christ. But that doesn't make their faith in you a failure. They acted in faith and everything they did led up to your story. help us to not be afraid to step out in faith for you. when we know that there is something that you have called us to in this life. Help us to be willing to step out in faith in just some small, simple way. Help us to trust your timing. Help us to follow you as you guide us. And help us to trust that even when the storms come, God, we can stand in the middle of them. Because our faith is strong in you. And the one whose word never fails. Who literally nothing is impossible with. Our faith is in you today. And we want to walk in that faith. And it's in Jesus' name I pray today. Amen. God bless you. We pray you have a great week. Go be Catalyst for Transformation.